Hey, folks, welcome back. Today's guest, John Papaloni, is a busy guy when it comes to real estate investing. Let me tell you what, he's a real estate investor, he's a realtor, he's a mortgage broker, he is a busy, busy guy. So, John, welcome to the show. Great to have you. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I'm excited for the show. So what got you into real estate investing in the first place? We were talking a little bit offline. You've got a, had an interesting journey from having your own marketing business, then your parents were landlords. And so so walk us through kind of your real estate journey so far. Absolutely. Right. Like once I sold my business, like my marketing business and my parents so got sick. Curiosity, because I love marketing. What, what kind of marketing business did you have? I did end to end. I mean, I it was old school. So I started off with the old school with the newspapers, printing, uh, you know, I mean, I, like websites were just out. There wasn't any social media when I started. Um, by the time I sold it, there was social, me social media. So you're a marketing but... agency basically? is, is Yeah, exactly. That's Got what it, it was. Got it. Pre-digital marketing agency. Exactly. Cool. Got it. So there then go. I got out of that business. I sold it. And then uh, my parents got sick. So once they got sick, I stayed home. Yeah. You know, fast forwarding. Now it's time to go back to work. I didn't really know what I wanted to do, but uh, I was going to uh, open house after open house after open house, not knowing what the purpose was other than I thought an open house was about selling a house. Um, little did I learn that agents use that to build up leads and it's more that for them but uh regardless um so i thought maybe i should get into the business and do something where i can earn money since i'm already going to the open houses for free i what, mean what, what were you going to the open houses for were you looking for your own home or what were you doing i was just fascinated at the time i hadn't okay. made the step and being the fact that i was three years unemployed i didn't think i would you needed to get out of the house and, and start looking at do something yeah, 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 yeah. So since I took interest in that, and again, I've been surrounded by it because my parents were landlords. So I grew up around it. And um, so then that's when I got, uh, I got my realtor's license and I was excited like everybody else. And I thought it was going to be easy. One, two, three. And especially like with your marketing did. background, I would imagine, right? You're Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Then I got the hard truth uh -huh. that it takes work. <laughs> Damn, <laughs> right? hate it when like, that happens. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the biggest lesson was, the people you know will definitely not be the first person to buy from you. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> that's the exact opposite of what everybody thinks when they become a realtor. Yeah. You think all your friends are all going to buy and whatever. Then more than likely, it's not a personal thing. We take it personal and we yeah. feel crushed and hurt, but it's not a personal thing. What ends up happening is more than likely by the time you get your license, half the people that you do know We'll have already invested into something, bought into something. And you're probably mid round. Right. Then there's going to be yeah, the other. It, what's the average? It's like seven years on average. Every seven years is people yeah. rotate on yeah. average. So now COVID sped it up to four years, five years, but now we're going back the other way. Yeah. So with that being said, so half the people aren't there buying, even though you think they're waiting for you. Um, then the other half are skeptical, which is the reason they haven't bought because they're like, you know, those people watching from the backyard, they're going to wait for the market to crash. They're not quite sure. Interest rates to get better. Yeah, some will pull the trigger. Most will not. And uh, then the, when the ones that pull the trigger, they want to see you succeed before they jump onto you because it's always, that's why they're watchers. Proof, right? proof so, of concept, right? They want to, exactly. John knows his stuff. Well, yeah, exactly. So after you get your first and second sale, then your friends will jump on. Got it. That Makes was the sense. lesson. Good. So, all right. So you start off as a realtor. At what point did you get into actively, actively investing in real estate yourself and, and what kind of properties? Ah, well, I started off with condos, believe it or not. Like while my dad was still around, like 
I neglected to mention we bought a new construction condo. You know, I said I was going to open houses and I didn't buy. I forgot to mention I did buy about a new construction condo. Okay. I just totally forgot about it because it took four years to be ready. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so it was one of those things. So I started off with new construction because uh, it gave the ability to put down the down payment yeah. and not have to worry about a mortgage or, you know, uh, you know, any of that stuff for a few years. And yeah, so, yeah. And four so- years, four years to kind of figure it out. Yeah, exactly. And since I was in transition, didn't know what I was going to do at the time, it felt like it was the right move. So uh, at that point in time, uh, so that was my first uh, property. Then, um, then uh, I got into my, I got my license. I actually moved into the condo for a bit. Mm-hmm. Then uh, I decided to, uh, I, at that point in time, I sold my uh, parents' properties and uh, we unloaded all of that, mm-hmm. which is where the opportunity to get other investments came through. Then, um, and so that's how I kind of built into that. So I started, uh, I acquired, like, I, eventually my portfolio had two condos, two uh, townhouses, and a detached. Then, Very cool. uh, yeah. All, so, and, and this is in around the GTA, is that correct? Yeah, it's further west. I left the actual downtown, well, the Etobicoke, you know, Etobicoke, which is just west of downtown. Yeah. I left there and went further west towards Burlington, Hamilton, okay. and Grimsby, yeah. like the Niagara region. So um, that's that's where I ended up going because you get more bang for your buck, bigger homes. And mm-hmm. uh, so the only property I had in the city still was my Etobicoke condo at Sherry Gardens. Then, um, mm-hmm. so, and over time, uh, I decided that I wanted to do something different. Interest rates came up in 2022. At that point in time, I unloaded everything. Everything was unloaded by then. So uh, I had a different perspective because I don't, I learned something. This is where I'm going with this. I learned something and I learned something valuable. It takes just as much effort and just as much work to get one or two properties at a time as it does to get into multiplexes and fast track your way up. Right. It's, it's actually easier to be bigger than it is to be smaller. So what and, are you doing these days, John? What are you? Well, now I'm on? looking for the deal. Now I'm looking, believe it or not, mm-hmm. I'm ironic because I just said I'm a realtor in Ontario. And my big theme here is do not buy in Ontario. <laughs> I, I promote that constantly. Um, yeah. and our, for for I, a number I, of reasons, I, I'm thinking price, price wise and landlord tenancy reasons. Landlord tenancy. See, I was, I have another saying. In most places, you have a landlord and tenant board. In Ontario, we have the tenant board. There is no landlord board. Definitely. Right? So, and uh, it's been a damn mess since uh, COVID started, where we have our premier telling people, if you can't pay your rent, then don't pay your rent. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? It was a small percentage that did it, but that was a small percentage of people that probably would have paid had he not said that. Yeah, yeah, But And it's, again, such a small percentage, but it added to the fire. And now with all the interest rates going up, people are in a negative, you know, return. They went from positive pro two, 300 bucks a month to negative 800. So a lot of people are bailing. And because yeah. again, too many rules and restrictions that uh, are not helpful for investors. Well, so, I tell you, I tell you, John, I interview a lot of real estate investors. It seems like recently a lot from Ontario and Quite a few of them are looking south of the border for for their next deals. They're, they're looking to invest in the states. What about you? 100%. Where where are you looking for these multifamilies? I'm looking at landlord friendly states such as Florida, which is probably oh, so. the one you hear. I'm going to be going to Florida again in September. I was there in March, mm-hmm. you know, circling around and comparing, and I did some uh, research and I got some interesting information out of it. I've discovered Orlando is great for tourists. 
Um, and it's more more family tourists, people looking to go to Disney. Um, yeah. Great for Airbnb, as far as I'm concerned. Um, not a place that you'd want to have long-term or somebody actually live in. Like, mm-hmm. like you wouldn't want to live there. And that's just my opinion. And that's my culture from what I, a cultural experience. It doesn't right. mean it doesn't work for other people. It's just for me, that was my perspective. It was more of tourist vacation spots where I found uh, Fort Lauderdale is more uh, city-like. So if you like the city living, but you want a better place to invest, Fort Lauderdale has that opportunity. Mm-hmm. Then you have Naples. Naples is beautiful. Have, yep. I love Naples. And Naples yeah. is more established older people, um, especially if you're into golf. Uh-huh. And um, and, and that's the thing. If you want that more established, you know, beachside, a lot of fancy dancy places, Naples has that. Now, if you want more of that college university atmosphere, you got my well, Lauderdale's kind of famous for that for sure. Yeah. So well, that too. Right? So you look okay. So you're looking at Florida. That's that's absolutely. Good. Now Arizona the other thing I want the, the other thing I wanted to ask you about though, John, was so you're a realtor, you're a real estate investor, and you're a mortgage broker. Why did you decide to become a mortgage broker as well? Ah, well, That's this is where, where it led into the investment part, right? Because I wanted to be able to uh, offer not just the investment side, right? Like to do joint ventures and stuff. I thought about maybe doing private equity loans. Hmm. So I thought of uh, creating what's called a MIC, which is Mortgage right. Investment Corporation. That was one of the thoughts I had. And I thought the best way, obviously, I needed a mortgage license to do that. So that was one of the reasons I got it. Um, turns out, I don't think the mic i'm going to still do private loans but it'll be as a lender i'm not going to do the corporation side but hey you know what the having the license did give me quite quite a bit of knowledge and sure. uh, insight into what's going on in fact i developed connections where now i can help canadians fund their adventure into florida so cool. and I, and if i did not go through this process i would have not learned this stuff how long did so, it, how long did it take you to get the training and become a mortgage broker 3 weeks well, it's a pretty fast course then. Yeah, it's not like it's not like the real estate course where it took 18 months. Oh, I, I got okay. into it three, but then I got I'm also a visual learner. So I uh-huh. learned more by watching and listening to you mm-hmm. than if you give me a book and to read or yeah. traditional assignments and whatever. I don't learn that way. So I registered for the course where like to actually sit in yeah. and listen. Yeah. And then that's how I kind of learn. And that's I knew that I learned that the hard way. But I learned it, and then that. So, so, so was this fairly recent that you did this, or how long ago did you get your? Uh, about four months ago. Oh, okay, this is pretty. pretty yeah, yeah, it was recent. Cool. This is my idea, and this is what led again. What what this is what led to what we call Papaloni Capital. That's how that business was uh, started. The idea was Papaloni Capital was going to incumbent all of this and be one holding structure, where I have uh, my corporation in Canada. It's a Canada-wide corporation and a C corp in the uh, United States. Mm-hmm. And the, I had this idea. And so I thought I can, and this is why I'm giving up on the MIC. I learned through trial and error that I'm not able to open up a MIC under the same business as a REIT. I can have to pick one or the other. And obviously, if I want to hold properties, the REIT part is the more logical way to go. Got it. Got it. Very cool. All right. So you're up to all sorts of stuff. You kind of, you liquidated your portfolio. You're looking to buy bigger properties down in the States. You're focusing on Florida. You've got things set up so that you can start raising capital for, for that. So now what's, what's your plan of action for bringing on investors or joint venture partners? Ah, well, again, benefit of having a realtor's license. I meet a lot of people that cannot afford 
to at this time be able to put the money into their own properties to purchase a new property. Some people may not want to do it in Ontario. So now they're able to joint venture with me somewhere where they can, uh, you know, basically uh, put their mind at ease and not worry about, uh, you know, all the nitty gritty of investing or of landlording, should I say. So the idea is that I can take the people who have the down payment, put it on the side, help them invest it by doing a joint venture with me on the other side of the border. Any complications with securities around that, having to focus on accredited investors or or how does that work in, in this situation? There is com- more, com- again, a trial and error. I've learned the complications here. So yeah. there is complications there. Um, I'm not ready for people's uh, RSPs, mutual funds, or 401ks yet. I'm a long way from that setup. Yeah. Um, I thought I would be set up this year, but it's going to take me way longer than I thought. And that's okay. You know what? Learning lesson, and I know exactly what to do, so I will get there. Um, which also basically means that I can't take anything less than 50K. My orig- I originally wanted to set up with the securities. And if I had done that, I would have been able to take anything, whether it's 1,000, 2,000, 5,000. You know what I mean? Well, you know I, what? I, I don't know if you want to take little dribs and drabs like that. That, that becomes I a, thought, you know, just a nightmare. It was just more flooding people. But then you're right. It, yeah. it caused complications because usually the person with 5,000 bucks, that's all they have. And they're the <laughs> biggest pain in the ass. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, so. Yeah, yeah. So are you so are you focus, going to be focusing on accredited investors then? Is that going to be the in focus? the beginning? Yes, that's that's going to yeah. be my main thing. I'm looking yeah. for accredited investors that uh, because then they have the larger deposits as well. So it's exactly. less headaches, less people, and uh, bigger scale. So, John, we were talking a little bit off camera that uh, that you got a podcast. Yes. You're all set up with a beautiful mic and head headphones and the whole bit. So, tell me a little bit about that and and what are you using your podcast for? Absolutely. I, uh, I am using the uh, podcast basically for brand awareness. Uh-huh. It is to grow my own brand and to get to known. I talk about not just real estate. We talk about real estate, entrepreneurship, and leadership. And sometimes I get into some marketing stuff, but business is basically business and real estate combined because those are my two passions. Nice. And how long have you been doing the podcast for? Three and a half years. Wow. That's a... That, that, makes, you, that makes you an old timer in the podcast world, man. Most people last six or seven episodes, I think is the average. So if yeah, you could go yeah. for three years, what's the name of your podcast in case people it's want to check it out? Named after me, John Papaloni show. That's easy. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that brands you very, very nicely though. That's great. Awesome, John. Well, Hey, time flies when we're having fun. If people want to connect with you and find out more, what should they do? Absolutely. They can find me on Instagram with my name at John Papaloni, J-O-H-N-P-A-P-A-L-O-N-I, or just visit papalonicapital.com and uh, it'll take you to uh, to my website or one of my websites and you can uh, pretty much get all the contact info from there. Fantastic, John. Well, this has been a lot of fun and and good luck with all your projects and and moving things down into the States. Thank you very much. All right, everybody. Take care. We'll talk to you on the next episode.